Welcome to the Rent Estate Podcast, a conversation on how you can achieve retirement security, financial freedom, and the new American dream through rental property investments. And here's your host, Kevin Ortner, CEO of Renters Warehouse. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Rent Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ortner, with uh, Renters Warehouse, and I have with me today Todd Jabel, the Chief Operations Officer and Chief Technology Officer for us here as well. And we wanted to get together in an appropriately social distance manner here in the studio and talk a little bit about uh, the coronavirus and the impact that it's had on the single-family rental industry some of the stats um, that we're seeing, some share some of the data with everybody as we're closing out the month of April. Today, we're recording the podcast on April 30th, 2020. So we're just wrapping up the month of April and uh, want to share some of the stats we saw and some of the things we've learned through the month of April. And uh, we also published recently a bunch of white papers around how individual landlords who might be managing their homes themselves can uh, get through uh, the challenges that uh, COVID-19 is having on the industry and might be having on the rental property. So you can, uh, Kelsey, we can link to those probably in this link to the white papers. So we'll put a link up to the white papers uh, on this if you want to pull those up. Uh, today, though, or on this one, we're going to talk a bit about, um, again, general industry data that we're seeing, talk a little bit about uh, rent collection uh, how we're handling maintenance um, and some of the challenges and questions that we're getting uh, coming through from there. So Todd, welcome. Good to see you again. Thanks. Good to see you. Yeah. It's uh, uh, today again here in Minneapolis where we are. It's a nice sunny day. Uh, it was nice to get out of the house and come into the podcast studio and, and cut these and and uh, working through it. So how, how are you holding up? How's the business holding up? How's the family holding up in the challenging times of coronavirus? You know, not not too bad. I think it was funny. Somebody in the news this morning said, what is this like April April 90th, I think? Um, it's been a long month. Uh, and I feel like this is my first time out of the house in about six months. But yeah. uh, no, it's been, it's been okay. Uh, you know, I think, uh, technology has certainly helped. Uh, you know, that's not just the, the CTO and me saying yeah. that, but, um, I think people have done a very good job of, of communicating with each other and keeping in touch and, right. uh, technology helps that a lot. So, yeah, I think, uh, I like that April 90th. I've been, I've been coining a phrase and I'm sure I'm not the one coining it, but I've certainly been talking about a lot lately at Corona time. Like <laughs> I think a week yep. is a month yep. seems like. So a month is about a quarter. Uh, it's just, it's been crazy. Uh, but then at sometimes with it, with how much we have going on and how busy we are, you look back like, holy cow, the week's already done. So it just, sometimes it seems like it's going slow and sometimes it seems like it's going really fast at right. the same time. So speaking of technology and, and really, uh, you know, everyone collaborating with the business uh, at Renner's Warehouse, we went to a fully remote workforce, what, middle of March, March 18th, 19th, something like that? Uh, yes, that's right. That went really Great. So impressive work from you and the team there on doing that. Um, what do you think was the big reason it was so successful for us kind of getting to uh, the remote workforce? And, and I mean, we, we're just seeing fantastic productivity from our from our team and people rallying together and, and just making things happen. It was wonderful. And I think you guys put that together in about four days. So yep. um, I get not necessarily around rent collection or property management specifically, but what's the, you know, what, what do you think is the big takeaway from getting remote so quick? You know, uh, a couple of things. One, you know, over the last several months, we've been implementing some new technologies and those technologies uh, allowed us to remotely install things that needed to be installed and mm -hmm. uh, communicate to folks and get in and make sure that their computers were set up and working properly for all these functions. Uh, 
I think um, another big thing was training. Um, we quickly threw everybody into a room a few times uh, over a couple of days and made sure that they were trained on exactly how this technology works. Um, admittedly, though, the technology itself is 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 the champion here. I mean, it's really simple to use things like Google Hangouts to have right. chat sessions and video calls and things like right. that. Um, we also use Microsoft Teams now across uh, a lot of our teams, and that's a very, very simple technology. Um, and then everybody always falls back to like a go-to meeting right. uh, if the, nothing else is there. But, uh, but the, you know, it's become pr pretty familiar. Uh, we, have, we have people that are remote already. And so um, a lot of people are used to doing this, you know, sporadically. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just doing it every day. Um, I think it was the training and, and kind of getting ahead of it. Uh, talking to folks about, you know, if you've got meetings on your calendar, keep your meetings, make them video meetings. Don't, right. don't just kind of let things slide by. Don't just pick up the phone, have a video call, mm -hmm. get up in the morning, get dressed, get ready like right. you would if you were coming right. into the office and, and be face to face with folks. Right. And I, they've really taken that to heart. It's been great. They have. I feel like uh, collaboration might even be up during this time period, right? Yeah. I think it's just, you have to put an effort in to really make those phone calls and those meetings happen. And it's been wonderful. So things have been going pretty well um, here for us at Renner's Warehouse from that perspective. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about, so what we're seeing from all of the data we've been able to collect. And I think yeah. speaking of technology, uh, you know, over the last year, we rolled out a proprietary property management platform um, and those changes really allowed us to collect some, collect and have some data insights that I don't think we would have had last year had we not done that. There's no doubt. And that's been really nice to see because we've been able to use those to manage our business on a day-to-day -day basis and be able to manage our clients' property on a day-to-day -day basis and really understand what's happening through the industry. Um, but let's maybe start with uh, just some of the overall statistics we're seeing. And so... Um, you want to fill us in on the color, uh, kind of what we saw for the month of April around rent collection? Yeah. So, um, you know, we uh, didn't know what to expect uh, at the beginning, as you know. And so uh, we took a look at every, uh, you know, piece of rent coming in, whether it's a full or partial payment every single day. And those first few days, it was every hour I was pulling those right. numbers and looking at them. And, um, you know, we expected it to be slower uh, and we, we kind of thought that it might at normal pace at the beginning once we saw rent start to come in, but then taper off um, uh, throughout the month. And what we've seen is um, it did start pretty much on normal pace, a little bit low, but not, not much. And then it began to taper off a little bit and it stayed that way. But, you know, by and large, it's, it's um, kind of trended just normal, normal path, maybe a couple percentage points lower than we would normally collect. But uh it's uh, it's it's been surprisingly good, and we've heard that from across the industry. Yeah. So the other institutional <clears throat> folks in single family, I think multifamilies probably hit a little bit harder is what I'm I'm seeing out there. But uh, in single family, they're generally you know a little bit behind, but um, but you know it didn't fall off, and uh, everybody's all eyes are on May. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, being the last day of April, a great day for this podcast to put together and. Uh, I think I was really happy with what we saw happen from a rent collection perspective and residents paying their rent um, many on time. Yeah. I think by the fifth day of the month, we had well over 80% of our rent collected. And, uh, you know, the last couple of percent's been definitely been a grind. I know we have, I was looking at the numbers with you the other day, uh, something like, I don't know, around 600 residents who reached out to us and said they're going to be 
financially impacted by this. I think kind of proactive reaching out. Almost 700. Yeah. Almost 700. Um, but we've got 550 to 600 payment plans like that's officially right. underway, right? Working through. So um, I think that's been really helpful, just the communication around there. And so as we look at, as, as we're talking today to uh, people who own single family rental property, and hopefully they had a good month collecting their rent as well from the residents. But as we do move into May and June and some of the unknown that lies ahead, um, you know, let's maybe explore what we think helped our rent collection. And again, we've got some white papers we put together on this. We'll link them uh, down here in the podcast. But I think the biggest thing that really I, I helped us was early communication and often, right? Early and often communicating with, with residents. Uh, we sent out you know, a tremendous amount of communication around resources for residents if they are financially impacted, um, you know, reminding them that that the rent still due in the situation, being empathetic with people who had the situation. But again, I think really trying to get proactive with it and, and say, if you are affected by this, please reach out. We want to put a payment plan together. We want to help you. Don't hide from it. Right. Please communicate. I think that had a really big impact. I agree. I think, uh, you know, we, we reached out to our residents through every venue we've got. <laughs> um, and we did it frequently, but we did it, um, in a very structured way mm -hmm. and, and a very thorough way. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, uh, research went into making sure we knew exactly what was out there for these folks so that we could communicate to them in a very concise and, and, and easily understood yeah. way. Um, and, uh, we also communicate a lot with our owners, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that they knew what their residents were going through and that we were on top of this. Uh, our owners have been great as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've had owners that have reached out, you know, to say that they're, um, you know, their, their understanding of the scenario. Right. So, um, it's the communication I think by far is the most important thing that's taken place here. For our yeah. It's, it's the, you, they often, you know, say that crisis brings out character, right? Um, uh, and you can really see the true character of people, the country, the business, whatever it might be. And I thought it was uh, it was amazing to see some of the response we got from our uh, investors, the owners of the rental properties that we manage across the board of, of reaching out after some of our communication went out uh, with some even wait, uh, offering to waive rent, not even just defer it, just say, hey, you know what, if my resident ends up being impacted, um, just let them know I'll wave, wave the rent, right? Many of those things we didn't have to use. Um, we certainly yeah. weren't reaching out proactively and saying, hey, right. no rent charge. But uh, <clears throat> almost 200 owners called and said, hey, happy to make a payment plan, defer payment. Um, and, and, and several handfuls just saying, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm in a position to be able to, to waive it. Yes. Right? Uh, that was just incredible to see. So as we move into April, um, what would be your recommendation or suggestion for uh, an individual landlord as they're, you know, concerned about trying to make sure that they're in communication with their tenant and collecting rent? Uh, I think I would just repeat kind of what we just said, which is understand what's going on. Um, you know, reach out, find out if people are impacted um, and make sure you know in your state or or uh, local government, you know, what are uh, the capabilities, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the requirements and, and what's going on. So, um, so that when you do have a conversation with, with your residents, you know, you can know what their options are, if there's a way for you to help, if there's not a way for you to help. Um, but you know, by and large, these, these, uh, things that have come on to, to help folks, uh, get through this are really deferring these payments, not 
waiving them, right? right? And right. and it's important to understand that that rent is due, mm-hmm. um, and um, and so as you're communicating and being very empathetic, understand that that is the scenario uh, across the entire country right now, right. and and uh, so I think just being informed and and being in a lot of communication with your resident, make sure you know what they're going through. Yeah, I think that's right. Just get out in front of it early, <laughs> um, create the relationship. Um, create that communication and understand what resources are out there uh, for your resident. Uh, and w- one of the things we've done also, besides some of the white papers and, and information we're sharing, we've put together a resource center for both tenants and owners um, on renterswarehouse.com. I think it's still at the top of the mm-hmm. banner. Do we know? It's still at the very top of the page. There's a COVID-19 resource section, resource page. Um, and at any market we're in, which is f- over 40, We've gone through and categorized the state, local, federal um, emergency aid resources, uh, not just around rent, but around you know unemployment assistance, stimulus package programs, uh, f- local food shelter information or utility um, assistance payments, right? Any of the assistance that's out there for people, we try to categorize that. There's information for property owners on how to deal with their um, mortgage servicer. If they are having an issue with collecting rent from the resident and it's causing them them problems. So that resource page, I think is huge. So uh, check that out on the top of renterswarehouse.com. There's a great resource section for owners and tenants alike that cover a lot of this stuff. And I think the last thing on rent collection is uh, that communication is important to be in touch with your tenant, to be talking to them about it, to understand where they're at and also remind them of all of these programs. Right. Because there's so many. There's the stimulus checks that are coming out um, hopefully soon. I I know some people have got them. Some people have not. But on top of that, if they are affected in an employment manner, there's, uh, you know, there's additional unemployment that's coming from the federal government. There's the state unemployment. If you're a 1099 independent contractor, there's pandemic unemployment uh, assistance that's out there for you. So there's a ton of financial resources where at the end of the day, people people hopefully We'll be able to, you know, stay current on things and their bills. And and again, I think that just comes from communication, making sure people aren't running from it, hiding from it, you know, worried that there's going to be some sort of issue with you as the owner to get out in front of it, have those conversations, share the resources. And, and hopefully, hopefully May goes as well as, as April went from a rent collection standpoint. Yep. Um, so let's talk about some of the other data that we've seen uh, that I think was pretty interesting to watch. Uh, I, I really thought that we were going to see a pretty significant dip in maintenance. Yeah. Right. With um, residents not necessarily wanting people to be coming through their homes, h- how different state home orders across the country really affected this. But at the end of the day, whether it was shelter in place or a state home order, you know, what people are referring to as the quarantine uh, maintenance services, construction services, and in most cases, real estate services were deemed essential. Few exceptions, yep. but in most cases, uh, you know, our vendors were able to be out working. Uh, and I, unless I'm wrong, we really didn't see a change in our our requests for maintenance. We, we really didn't. A, a tiny, tiny dip, but not much at all. And and in addition to what you mentioned, our guidance to our our residents was: if you don't want people in your home, you know, just focus on only urgent maintenance requests, right? you know, and just defer the other stuff until later. And, uh, we know we haven't, we haven't really seen it go down. Um, now all of our vendors, uh, take safety precautions, uh, when going into somebody's home, everything you'd expect that the CDC has been talking about with masks and 
hand sanitizer and, and so on and so forth. But um, our residents really have not stopped submitting maintenance requests. And if they're willing to have somebody come into their home and uh, and we're taking those safety precautions, um, our vendors are staying in business. They've reached out to us proactively, many, many of them, to say, hey, we're taking these steps um, that you've asked us to take. Mm-hmm. And they would have anyways. Right. And, um, and we're still working. So if there's anything that needs to get done, please don't stop feeding us work. Right. And it's, it stayed pretty steady, not, not through our own, uh, efforts, but Mm -hmm. just that's kind of how it's gone out there. Right. Yeah. That's been, that's been interesting for sure. And I think if you're a a property owner watching this or listening to this, however you're consuming the podcast today, um, I, I think it's obviously recommended to try and limit, you know, interaction, a physical interaction with your resident and um, going into their property. You know, there's a lot of people who are who manage properties for themselves that do work themselves, and so mm-hmm. they're they're wondering how should I really handle the situation. And I wouldn't be super proactive about going out and trying to do some routine maintenance right now. Uh, you're just opening yourself and 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 your your resident up for unneeded risk. Uh, but if there's something broken and they welcome you or a vendor into the property, just make sure you use the proper precautions and masks and gloves and booties and um, distance, distance, right? And uh, um, you know, follow follow the guidelines. Uh, but that was really some. I really thought we were going to see a big drop in maintenance requests, yep. um, and and frankly, a, then a big surge later, right? There may be some pent up demand as as we return to normal, whatever that means and whenever that happens. But it seems like that's been been kind of staying relatively relatively flat. Yep. What about property inspections? Are we getting uh, from our homeowners a lot of requests still to do, you know, the, the random and routine inspections uh, to be getting through the property? Or um, do you know how we're handling city inspections that used to be required? I'm not certain if, if all cities are still requiring those. Or what are you seeing in the inspection arena? You know, I'm not seeing, uh, I'm, there's definitely been more change than in maintenance. Um, but still not seeing any sort of a drop off necessarily in these. Uh, I think the cities have been less active in terms of, of some of these inspections, Mm -hmm. but, um, but by and large it's, it's fairly steady, just a little bit lower than it normally is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when we can, we want to do these types of things when nobody's in the, in the property. Right. Right. And, uh, and we take the same precautions with our own inspections and our own folks going into these uh, these residences. So, um, but but in in terms of just volume of of requests, it hasn't it hasn't died off. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So another bit of a surprise. Yeah, definitely interesting there. And on the next podcast, um, we're going to talk a little bit about more about showings, um, how we're handling showings talking about some of the uh, eviction moratoriums that have been coming on to uh, across different markets. And I think that's one of the challenges too, is, is every state is handling these things differently. Uh, every city, not every, several cities have, um, you know, individual requirements coming out around some of these things. And so uh, if you're interested in, in hearing more about how we're handling showing properties, if you're going to be an owner that has a, t- a resident that's moving out and you need to turn that property and get a new resident in during coronavirus, we're going to talk about that on the next uh, episode of this as well. And we're going to talk a bit about evictions and some of the other things we're seeing. Uh, but as we move into um, May and as we move into June, what's your general take on how you think the single family rental industry is going to be responding. 
Yeah, you know, I think um, I think very similarly. Uh, the industry's responded very well, just in general, mm-hmm. um, and I think there will probably need to be um, more uh, focus on on uh, residents that are uh, impacted. Right, uh, we'll see more of that, um, and so there will be, I think, a lot more um, activity uh, around you know, actively helping folks, uh, and seeing how we can do that and maybe mm-hmm. even getting creative. Uh, mm-hmm. I know different organizations are handling things in different creative ways, trying to think outside the box to, mm-hmm. to make sure everybody gets through this. Right. Um, and so I think it'll be more active in those, those terms. Um, otherwise the sense is, I think people are getting antsy, right. uh, you know, and I think you're not going to mm-hmm. see certainly any more of a drop off in things like, um, maintenance requests mm-hmm. and, and, uh, activities happening at, at, uh, home. So, uh, there might even be a bit of an increase, uh, mm-hmm. from where we've been in those kinds of things. Yeah. I would guess, you know, sort of middle of the month when, um, some of the cities start to loosen restrictions and, uh, you know, you get past, uh, the end of some school years is coming up at the yeah. end of the month. And so uh, I think you'll see more of that. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, as we sit here and record this, states are starting to open up, I believe is how we're referring to it in these times. So, you know, <clears throat> Florida's doing some things. Um, Georgia's doing some things. There's there's certain states out there slowly starting to open things up. Here in Minnesota, uh, you know, this week, a uh, lot of office employees were able to start returning to work with a lot of guidelines and restrictions and so to speak. But there's definitely some movement there. And, you know, we're starting to see demand for rental properties uh, just Tenants out looking at new homes and things like that pick back up. We did see a bit of a drop and kind of slowly started to creep back up. We're certainly not into an April or May season when things really start to heat up, but we're, we're definitely trending that way. It's up and to the right. I think people are getting tired of this or they're, they're figuring out what their new normal looks like on how they can go and, and, and handle some of these things. So it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. We're going to keep a close close eye on this yes. uh, as we go into May. And so stay tuned uh, to the podcast. Stay, uh, stay with renterswarehouse.com. We'll be pushing out as many resources as we can, as much of the data as we can to uh, help our community uh, in the single family rental world, um, investors and tenants alike uh, as we see it. So as we see it, as we're getting the information, we're going to push it out. We'll probably maybe do a few more of these podcasts uh, as well um, uh, later on. Uh, as the weeks go by. Uh, But Todd, thanks for joining us for this one. I appreciate it. If you are a real estate investor who owns single family rental property uh, and you need help through the coronavirus uh, time, feel free to check out our website. Again, lots of resources there from white papers to just uh, a list of of links to mortgage forbearance tips, you know, unemployment assistance that you can send to your residents, whatever it might be, or feel free to give one of our local offices a call and talk with one of our state advisors on how we might be able to help or just pick our brain. Feel free to call, pick our brain about what we're seeing and how we can help through your situation. Uh, and if you want help with property management, of course, we're here for you there as well. Check us out at renterswarehouse.com. If you like the podcast, if you found this information useful, please be sure to like it, share it, comment, send it to your friends, family, uh, and, uh, and let us know. And until next time, uh, keep investing, keep safe, uh, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to the Rent Estate Podcast with your host, Kevin Ordner. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to rentestate.com for a free rental property analysis and learn how you can list, invest, and rent all under one roof.